Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I, I know this show is striking a nerve. How do I know that? Because people's nerves are struck and they're telling me about it. But here's how I know we're generally on the right path here with what we're doing. I say generally because, hey, listen, anyone can make a mistake. If you read the comments on my Rumble account or my local account or the podcast anyway, you hear two completely contradictory things. You'll see people say, Dan, that's all Russian propaganda. Stop the nonsense. And then read the next comment. I say, Dan, that's Ukraine propaganda. <laughs> Stop the nonsense. But we're just putting out the facts. Uh, more on that today. I'm going to uh, show you how, again, last night, a lot of information got out there. It wasn't accurate about this nuclear attack. Uh, attack on this nuclear facility, I should say, not a nuclear attack. Precision matters, two completely different things. Um, and I want to show you how the left is emulating the tactics right here of Putin and showing you again the point that the left doesn't have foreign enemies. The left, the left just has political enemies. Don't miss that section. Also, a, another variant emerging. You can expect a fear porn campaign to happen, variant of the COVID I will give you the facts. There again, is no reason whatsoever to panic, but it doesn't matter. You'll hear that from the media. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe. It's Friday. So. It's Friday. Another conclusion of another very busy yes, week. Sir. Please don't miss my show tomorrow on Fox. We will be live unfiltered tomorrow night, Saturday, 9 p.m. I've got a loaded show for you. We are going to address this current situation from every single angle. Let's get to the news here first. So last night there was uh, an attack on a nuclear plant in Ukraine. Of course, the information that came out right after the attack, Joe, was not accurate. Nah. Therefore, we refrained from any social media posting until we got to the truth. The initial reporting was that it was an attack, that a reactor may be on fire, that radiation was leaking, um, that the, you know, the, the, the staff had evacuated. I'd seen, I've seen all of it. Folks, um, it's not what happened. Reuters is reporting today. Thankfully, the fire appears to be out at the facility, which is good news. Uh, no matter how much you report the truth, again, you'll get smashed on either side, but that's okay. Uh, the truth appears to be now that radiation levels appear to be stable there. Doesn't appear to be any radiation leak. That's good news. That is an unequivocal good, okay, from a very bad result. We don't want a firefight at a freaking nuclear plant. Can we, all, listen, can we all just agree on that? Can we get a consensus, Joe? Firefighter, nuclear plant, good or bad idea? Uh, bad idea, Dan. Yeah, Gee, bad? You agree with you? Okay, that's three for three. I, I, I text Paula, but I don't want to waste your time here. So that's three for three, bad idea, okay? Now, but the good news is there's no radiation leaking. Also, fellas, consensus, yep, probably news. a good idea. Good yes, news. okay, thank you. Because it doesn't matter what you say. Some lunatic on either side thinks you're crazy. Second, the fire appears to have been in an administration building. Not in one of the reactors. Now, bad news that there was a fire on a nuclear facility at all, right? Okay. Yep. Uh, again, folks, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound in any way condescending to you. You all are great. But you know what I'm talking about. There's 5% of the audience that loses their marbles no matter what you say um, because there's an agenda for a lot of people. Right. Uh, the fire was in the administration building or an, administra an administration building. It was not in a reactor, which is, yes, good news. Bad news, fire. Good news, it wasn't in a reactor. Also, it appears the staff is still there 
working, which is good. We don't want the plant to melt down because there's nobody working there who has the technical knowledge to operate the nuclear facility. But it does look like uh, the uh, Russian uh, military has taken control of it at this point based on some reputable reporting, which is not a good thing. Um, having Russia invade Ukraine and now control what's estimated to be about a quarter of Ukraine's energy supply from this uh, six-reactor uh, nuclear plant is not uh, a good thing, not a positive development. But those are the facts. Now, again, propaganda warning from both. I'm going to give you the propaganda from both sides. So when you see it, why are you spreading propaganda? I'm not spreading propaganda. I'm telling you it's propaganda so you know when you see it that you can dismiss it. So you can make a more informed decision about what's going on. You want propaganda? Tune into MSNBC or CNN. You'll get it all day. From the Russian side, this attack has a couple of purposes, right? For a propaganda win. I mean, obviously on a strategic, forget the propaganda just for a second, but from the Russian side, from a strategic perspective, controlling Ukraine's power source um, in the middle of the, uh, basically a terror attack from Russia on a country that posed no nuclear threat to them, no military threat to them. Obviously, controlling their power supply is a good thing. But from a propaganda effort, folks, think this through, right? Think this through why this works for them. It's fairly obvious. Russia is one of the major gas suppliers for Europe. Russia has been involved in a propaganda war for years, funding Greens and the left in Europe. Why? Because the stupid Greens in Europe and the left, the liberal lunatics, in other words, in Europe, Russia funded a lot of them to get them to come out against fracking in Europe. Why did that work for Russia? Because Europe stopped producing gas in the volume it was before, which made them reliant on Russian gas. It worked beautifully. And dumb leftists, stupid leftists, fell right in the trap because they're stupid and they're nihilists. That's why. Now, you sense the propaganda victory here. Russia hits this nuclear plant, takes over. You get what they get to do, Joe? They get to wink at a nod. Hey, nuclear facilities, you know, we're a nuclear nation ourselves. We could attack these things, cause a fallout situation. Probably not a good idea to build a nuclear plant. Maybe you should rely on us for gas. And the greeds are like, <laughs> yeah, idiots. Germany's in the process of decommissioning its nuclear plants now while France is going in the other direction. And this is kind of a hint and a nod. Hey, maybe those nuclear plants aren't safe. You know, we could attack them and cause a fallout situation. Remember Chernobyl? So that's the Russian propaganda side here. On the Ukrainian side, you have to be careful about information coming out as well. Ukraine is not the aggressor here. I want to be careful, but I don't want to be lied to either. You know, the early reports that came out from some media uh, folks and some people in Ukraine were that this is going to be, you know, Six times, ten times worse than Chernobyl. There could be a meltdown. Folks, it was a serious situation last night. Russia, Russia is, is the aggressor in this operation. They should not be on Ukrainian soil. Now, there's a debate over. So, again, you have the full picture. Did Ukraine fire an RPG first at Russian forces outside? That may be the case. The point is the nuclear plant is unquestionably on Ukraine's sovereign soil. And Ukraine has the right to self-determination. Two facts. How you, who you feel is at fault or not is up to you. I'm telling you my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. But the early reports, again, that the place was going to be in meltdown, it was going to be worse than Chernobyl. Please, we've got enough lies and propaganda floating around. Just wait a few minutes before we report any of this stuff because the chances are later on it'll probably turn out to be propaganda. And it's to the Ukraine's, Ukraine side's advantage to say, hey, look at this. You better help us now or there's going to be a major nuclear incident all over Europe. You get it? Once you learn how to sift through it, which you all, you're, you're all smart. You, you'll figure it out already. You'll know to give it a few hours to kind of settle before you report on any of these stories. Okay. Um, just some video and vid a video from the, the listen, the fighting ha is is severe, especially um, in eastern eastern Ukraine. Uh, the fighting has gotten severe. Here is uh, some video footage from Severodonetsk in eastern Ukraine, where you can see it. If you watch it on Rumble, you can hear it on audio, but you're not going to. But please watch it on Rumble. It's only about 20 seconds. You'll see nighttime turns into day almost immediately. It's, it looks like a pretty severe firefight going on in eastern Ukraine. Check this out.
see, you can hear it, obviously, listen on audio, but the video is pretty uh, troubling, too. I mean, it's nighttime. It's, there's, it's pitch black, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, it looks like daytime. No, it's not daytime. That's the uh, light generated from all the explosions going on. Yeah, chilling. Um, it? So there's, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, very, very chilling. And it just goes to show you that people like me who have not been in war, um, you know, uh, you know, people, you, it's very, it's very difficult, and I acknowledge that, to discuss what it must be like, because I don't know. It's like trying mm-hmm. to say, you know, what it's like to play in, an, you know, an NBA basketball game when you've never been there. Although, far, far, far more tragic. Mm-hmm. But you can see the horrors of what that must look like. And it's very difficult for me to try to get in someone's head. Now, there's a lot of crazy going around, too, folks. And we just need to expose it, call it out, and stop this nonsense immediately. Um, here's one of them. Lindsey Graham, who has just become kind of a laughing stock lately. This guy just cannot surgically remove his head from his rectum. Lindsey Graham was on Fox last night and just threw out... It's not that it was... The, 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 it's not that it's the craziest idea... It's that it's the craziest idea to vocalize it. I'll explain what I mean in a minute. Listen to Lizzie Graham going full nut job last night. Check this out. How does this end? Somebody in Russia has to step up to the plate. Is there Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stoppenberg in the <coughs> Russian military? The only way this sh- ends, my friend, is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You would be doing your country a great service and the world a great service. Oh, my gosh. Folks, now this is some area I do have some expertise in. Um, no, not assassinating people, but preventing them. It was legit. My prior line of work was full-time dedicated to not getting someone politically assassinated, foreign leaders and the president of the United States as well. You don't say that out loud. Why? Folks, I have no love for this terrorist over in Russia right now, Putin, and what he's done to throw the world into chaos. He is the aggressor here. That's that's a fact. That's just the fact. The Russians are on Ukraine soil, not the other way around. There's no amount of propaganda in the world that's going to change that. You got it? Russia is on Ukraine soil, not the other way around. Not suggesting any side is without sin historically here at all, but those are the hard realities on the ground. So I have no love loss for Putin. If Putin disappeared tomorrow and had a heart attack, it'd probably be a great day. But there's two problems with this approach. Number one, you don't know who's going to replace him, right? Could be someone better, could be someone worse. Second, with a powerful United States senator being dumb enough to vocalize this on, on a major cable news channel, now we've got a problem. Now, if someone in the Russian ranks does assassinate Putin or he has some kind of heart attack or stroke, what's going to happen, Joe? Conspiracy theories around the world are going to be like, CIA did it, the U.S. did it, which is going to invite retribution. Right. You don't vocalize that. I, if Putin seriously was to have a heart attack tomorrow, uh, believe me, I, w- I would not lose one second of sleep. The problem now, because he vocalizes, that's going to be played around the world to every tin pot dictator and nut job who's going to believe the U.S. did it. They slipped something in his coffee and he had a heart attack. You don't say that out loud. Holy Moses, man. Are we dealing with children? How stupid is this guy? Whether you believe it or not, fine. You believe he should be killed and someone should do it in Russia? Like I said, I'm not going to cry one tear for the loss of Vladimir Putin. You don't say it, man. You're inviting a retribution cycle now. Now, whatever happens to Putin, it's going to look like we did it. Joe, you're a history guy. I mean, has Lindsey Graham read about how World War I started? Just mm. throwing that out there. There you go. Just, just throwing that out there, bro. You may want a temperature. Listen, 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 before I get this, because I'm going to take the temperature down in a second, I promise. But before I get to that, again, because there's always a lot of confusion in my comments. Some of it's deliberate. There's a lot of trolls invading my Rumble comments and locals accounts now, which is fine. Do your thing. You're, you're allowed to comment away. 
I just want to reemphasize my priorities here because my opinion on my show, you deserve to hear it. We have to do everything, and I mean everything in our power to avoid World War III with Russia. Everything. Everything. Because the consequences are potential global annihilation. That is my stance. Everything in our power. Remember Fox Connors' third rule of war. Never go to war unless you absolutely have to. Let me add 3A. Dan Bongino's Fox Connors' rules of war. 3A. Never, ever, ever go to war unless you absolutely, positively, absolutely have to. If it's with a nuclear nation like Russia. 3A. Why? Because there's a consequence. Global annihilation. Which really sucks. As I said on my radio show yesterday. Let's try to stay not dead, okay? Let's try to not get dead. I'm sorry, better way. Let's try to not get dead. We don't want to be dead, right? Not dead is a good thing. We don't want to be dead. Let's try to not get dead. Uh, Is everybody okay with that? Guy's on board. Joe's on board. It's three for three. Let's try to not get dead in a global thermonuclear war. Okay. You don't need to vocalize everything, Lindsay. All right, enough. I'm wasting too much time on this guy. He's about to give me that look like move on. Let's take a little bit, take the temperature down a little bit. So, uh, and there is a lot more to get to, which is weird because I got a question coming up and questions for Dan later. Like, Dan, why are you only talking about Ukraine? That's one of those questions we, how do you, again, advertise that you don't listen to Dan Bongino show without saying, have you watched the show? We've been talking about a whole bunch of things. The Swedish study on vaccines, the truckers were all last, uh, last week. Folks, we've been all over these stories. But here's kind of a bit of comic relief. This is one of, (laughs) sorry. So there's this Indian TV show and on the Indian TV show, the host of the show has these two guests on to debate what's going on in Ukraine. One's from the Ron Paul Institute. The other guy is some foreign policy commentator, right? So the host of the Indian TV show, he has the names of the guests wrong. He thinks he's talking to this guy, McAdams, but it's not him. It's the other guy. He's got the guests wrong. And the guy, McAdams, it gets really pissed off because the Indian host keeps yelling at McAdams. And it's not McAdams. It's the other guest. You got to watch this. Dial the temperature down. Smile a little bit. Here, check this out. Funniest clip of the week. You dump them. The world's biggest you people, you people have, you yes, people and your colonial now. agenda, sir, has wrecked, wrecked the South, has wrecked the South, has wrecked the East. And don't, don't, don't sit here and lecture us. Don't sit here and lecture us, Mr. McAdams. We shut him down. talking. I'm not talking. It's the other guy who's talking. I haven't been able to say a word. Absolutely. The man has gone completely ballistic. And if he feels so strongly, he should go and fight alongside Ukrainians who are being killed. I have not, dear host, I have not said a word yet. I don't know why you're yelling at me. I'm not yelling at you. I'm talking about Mr. McAdams. I'm talking about Mr. McAdams. McAdams. I am Mr. McAdams. Oh, I am Mr. McAdams and I haven't said a word. So stop yelling at me. Okay, sorry. I got that confused. I got that confused. You're a Ukrainian guy who's going nuts, okay? Not me. Yes, I got that. I got that. (laughs) Even Guy's laughing. That's only the second. Hold on. We got to take that down. I'm marking like a prisoner on a wall. That's only the second time he has laughed during the show. He's yelling at this guy. He goes, and the funny part is the Indian host goes, you're going completely ballistic, Mr. McAdams. And he's like, I haven't said a word yet. And he's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Mr. McAdams. I am Mr. McAdams. I'm Mr. McAdams. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Come on. We needed that, folks. It's been a very, very long, heavy news week. We needed just a little bit of that. Um, (laughs) Sorry, going to take a note. I'm we need, you know, can we get that cut for the for the users to drop, Joe? I am Mr. McAdams. We just drop sure. it in randomly once a month, and we won't explain it. If you're listening to today's show, it'll be like a Rio Linda moment with Rush. You'll know what it means when it comes up, but we'll never explain it again. I am Mr. McAdams. We'll just drop it in randomly. It's a mom. Where's the meatloaf cut? Yeah, where's the meatloaf cut? Right. We, yeah. All right, that's good. Good. 
If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay, uh, moving on here. So, folks, this is critical. I, I even seriously wrote a note in my notes here to emphasize how critical this is. This point, I want to hat tip Lee Smith for, for saying this in these specific words more eloquently than I could. So I'm just going to take it from him and footnote it. Lee, the great Lee Smith, who was one of the, uh, the top Spygate investigators out there and has a great book about it. Folks, the left, the American left and the left around the world, they don't have foreign enemies. What the left has is political enemies. That's a, you, you need to understand that. It's explained also well by David Horowitz, who calls it his anti-anti-communist theory. The left does not care about what you do to other people if what you do to other people advances a leftist cause in their power base. They don't care what you do. Throw gays off buildings, engage in rank homophobia and transophobia, engage in torture. The left doesn't care. If what you're doing advances their cause, if what you're doing advances their cause, the left will be behind you 100%. I mean, just, honestly, just uh, I didn't even intend to go in this direction. I'll explain the David Horowitz anti-anti-communist theory in a second, which is the same thing. Remember, the left doesn't have foreign enemies. They have political enemies. Joe, the left worshipped the Soviet Union for decades through the New York Times, the Washington Post, and elsewhere, right? I mean, no. it, was, it was obvious. The whole Durante thing. I mean, it's just like the, 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 the New York Times for decades was dedicated to covering up Soviet atrocities. Why? Because the left wanted the socialist power concentration the Soviet had, the Soviets had socialism here in the United States. So they couldn't tell you the truth about socialism and the body counts. They couldn't tell you that. So they covered it up. Now, where they sense an opportunity for Joe Biden to look tough against Russia, which practices not the same but a modified form of the socialism, communism they did in the past, the left flips the script and Vladimir Putin all of a sudden is the worst guy on planet Earth, which I happen to agree with, but I agreed with that the whole time, unlike the left, which just figured that out recently. Remember, they wanted a reset with Vladimir Putin. Remember Hillary, reset button? And then when they could use Russia and Vladimir Putin to attack Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin was the bad guy. The same bad guy you were hitting a reset button with Lavrov, his propaganda guy, that guy? Don't tell me the left has any dignity or principles. They are, their political ideology is filth. Horowitz explains it well with his anti-anti-communist theory. We are the anti-communists, correct? We're the freedom fighters. We always have been. That's what we believe in. We are the anti-communists. The left are the anti-anti-communists, meaning they're against us. Notice I didn't say the left are the pro-communists. I didn't say that. Neither did Horowitz. The left are the anti-anti-communists, meaning they need to seize power from us, the freedom fighters over here, people who believe in big R, God-given rights, and whatever they need to do to be against us, they will be. If they need to be pro-communism to take power, they'll do it like the New York Times did covering for the Soviet Union. If they need to be anti-communism and, and, and make Vladimir Putin a bad guy to attack Donald Trump, then they'll do that too. They're the anti-anti-communists. They hate us. The left does not have foreign enemies. They have political enemies. I'll prove it to you right now. The left now, because they sense a political opportunity to use Vladimir Putin and his socialist model to attack conservatives, are emulating the exact same tactics of the guy they're telling us is the bad guy. So just to be clear, the left who loved Vladimir Putin before they hated Vladimir Putin because they could use him against Trump is now telling us again that Putin, Joe Biden is a warrior against evil Vladimir Putin as they emulate the tactics of Vladimir Putin. Look at this. Show me. Tell me I'm wrong. Moscow Times. Propaganda outlet. Russian Duma 
passes law on fake news. Proposed bill punishes fakes about Russian military with up to 15 years in jail. They're all propaganda, Alex. I shouldn't just single out. Really, they're all propaganda, Alex. So just to be clear, Vladimir Putin saying, I don't like the news. You'll spend 15 years in jail. You're banned. If I call it fake. We'll call it misinformation, disinformation, fake news, whatever I call it. Not, this is not a joke. Here is an article from the New York Times. Davy Alba, Joe, she's back. Noted anti-free speech advocate at the New York Times, always at the vanguard of getting people banned from social media and stopping free speech. Davy Alba, she's hit us before many times, lied about us. Davy Alba's back. Here's an article in the New York Times. Sounds like it's coming out of Russia. The Surgeon General, the Surgeon General, not a military general, our Surgeon General, not the Russian one. The Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, calls on big tech to turn over COVID-19 misinformation data. <laughs> so Russia, Vladimir Putin, left says, that's a really bad guy. Joe Biden's a real hero. He's fighting Vladimir Putin. He's terrible. Vladimir Putin's so awful. He's censoring speech at home he doesn't like about his war effort in Ukraine. As Joe Biden's Surgeon General here is doing the same thing, big tech, demanding big tech turnover information if you dared post things about the vaccine or masks he didn't like. But, but uh, I'll wait. Anybody? I'm going to five count here. Anyone tell me the difference? No, no, no one. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Perfect timing. Can someone please explain to me the difference? The left, these sick, deranged lunatics are using this man's terror assault on Ukraine, Putin's assault on Ukraine, are using it as a vehicle not to stop the terror assault on Ukraine, but to crush political opposition here. Another example, Reason, Robbie Suave, Reason Magazine. YouTube won't distinguish between misinformation and reporting, so it suspended my channel. Listen, Robbie Suave and I don't agree on a lot all the time. Robbie Suave apparently was on this show, The Hill, um, the show on The Hill called Rising, and they were talking about comments about the election. They were addressing the comments, not promoting them. And YouTube apparently suspended their channel. Tell me again how the big tech government symbiote in the United States are the good guys while Russia doing the same thing are the bad guys. I'd love to hear it. Anyone? Here's another one. Want to see this gem? Just the news articles. I'll be in my newsletter today. Remember that study, Swedish study I told you about? About the potential potential for the Pfizer vaccine to cause reverse transcription into our DNA, to alter our DNA. It was done in liver lines. It was done in vitro, to be clear, with mutant cells. So you understand the limitations. We covered both sides of the story, but I am concerned about it. Well, John Solomon, it's just the news, decided to write a story about this very important study. Oh, Twitter suspended him. Yeah, that's right. Twitter suspended him. Twitter, YouTube, Soviet Union, Putin style. Yeah, pretty much the same. U.S. government, same tactics as Soviets. Yeah, pretty much the same. So just to be clear again, Twitter and YouTube have told us, hey, we need to ban RT and all this other stuff because they're really terrible people and Putin's awful, which, by the way, I happen to agree with. They say they're awful as they emulate the exact same tactics of the awfulness. Yeah, yeah if you're a liberal, this makes total sense because you're probably a moron. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. Now I want to show you how Ted Cruz spoke out against this yesterday, especially when it comes to nominees for Biden about this, this, this assault on free speech that's just not stopping. And let me just address before we go, too. I am an investor in Rumble. You know that. I've spoken about it a thousand times. Rumble does not ban channels, okay? We follow local laws, but we do not ban channels for information we disagree with. Now, of course, the left, which loves censorship, and these disgusting filth bags like the pervs at the Lenin Project and Rick Wilson, who really should talk to his family about the information I got before it gets this pretty disgusting. And then Nandoodles, a noted communist, of course, want to emulate communist tactics from Putin. So they're very upset that Rumble's not censoring content right now. You stay upset. That's the hill we'll die on. And you can go F yourself. You shouldn't be shocked that a site that promotes free speech actually practices free speech. 
because you're not a free speech advocate. You guys are communists, exactly like these Putin thugs. You're no different. You're no different. Sell out to the highest bidder. It's pathetic. Yeah, if, exactly. If, if they're <laughs> well said. So again, the left does not have foreign enemies. They have political enemies and the left will side with whoever they want and use their tactics like they're using the tactics of Putin to get their political enemy silenced. These are disgusting, filthy tyrants who need to be fought back against with every single legal tool we have. Every single tool we have. Here's Ted Cruz, and he's one of the few Republicans who gets it. A lot of them are just letting it flow. Uh, Ted Cruz speaking out against how the left used to be advocates for free speech. What happened to the ACLU and all of them? Now, eh, gaff it all off. Check this out. There was a time when, when there were Democrats willing to speak out in defense of free speech. Uh, that time seems to have passed, and I think that is unfortunate. I hope that at least some in the Democratic caucus continue to value free speech and don't want to see government power abused, don't want to see in a subsequent Republican administration, a Republican on the FCC silencing Democrat voices. That would be equally inappropriate. Uh, It's not the role of government to silence voices with which they disagree. And for those of us who've served some time in this body, we've all learned and seen firsthand the shoe is always on the other foot. And One party may have a majority at one point. One party may have the White House at one point. But with the progression of time, the positions are changed. This is something that you would think smart leftists would understand. But the problem, Joe, is there are no smart leftists. Seriously, they're all morons. They don't understand that when this script is flipped, that Republicans who have no allegiance to big R God-given rights, swampy Republicans, could do the exact same thing to them. Did they not get that? Now, showing you again, for then I'll wrap this segment up. I'm going to finish, uh, you know, because it's kind of Pink Floyd the wall. Is this where we came in, right? The left does not have foreign enemies. They only have domestic enemies. Now, you would think a clear-cut enemy of the United States, Joe, just throwing that out there, would be a foreign government, a foreign power, uh, who screams death to America often? Would it be safe to say, Joe, that would probably be an enemy of the United States? Just throwing that out yeah, there. I, I th- Fair I enough? Think, I think so, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks, bud. Fair yeah. enough assessment. Death to America. We really don't want that. As I said to you in the beginning of the show, we're trying to get not dead, okay? We don't want to be dead. We want to be not dead. Dead, not dead. Dead, not dead. Not dead wins. We don't want to be dead. So if you're chanting death to America, you're probably an enemy of the United States. Now, Because Joe Biden sees a political advantage in sidelining Saudi Arabia in this Shia-Sunni fight for the ages, Joe Biden and Barack Obama thought it would be a good idea to avoid and get out of the Middle East and basically cede it to an Iranian sphere of influence. They love the Iranians. The fact that the Iranians think America should be dead by saying death to America, that they throw gays off buildings and all that stuff, doesn't matter at all because the left doesn't have foreign enemies. The left has domestic enemies and the left sees a way to increase their power by aligning with this Iranian regime over aligning with Saudi Arabia and other countries. They see it as a way to concentrate their power, right? And cede that Middle Eastern sphere to the Iranian hegemonic powers. Here's Pete Buttigieg when asked the question on MSNBC. And remember, nobody says less by saying more than Pete Buttigieg. No one, not even Kamala Harris. Here's Pete Buttigieg when asked, hey, does this mean, I think Stephanie Rule asked the question, that, but what's that? Yeah, I know, I didn't get to that yet. I I got a call for it. But uh, here's Pete Buttigieg being asked the question by Stephanie Rule when he says, uh, hey, does that mean we're going to go buy more Iranian oil? You would think the answer would be at this point, no, no, we're going to increase our own domestic production. So here first is our, so we haven't done this in a while, BS with Buttigieg. He was upset. I didn't get to the stinger soon. There's got to be in some order. here. <laughs> so here's rule asking him. And, you know, you think the obvious answer would be like, no, we're going to increase domestic production because you don't want to finance the debt to America. Crowd. Nope, nope, not with Buttigieg. Check this out. Could the president possibly consider authorizing the Keystone Pipeline, uh, working something out with Iran? 
I mean, uh, look, the, the president has said that all options are on the table, but we also need to make sure that uh, uh, we're not galloping after permanent solutions to immediate short-term problems where uh, more strategic and tactical actions in the short term can make a difference. This guy is unbelievable. Did you get, again, there isn't a bigger BSer on planet Earth than this imbecile. He just said, let's not pursue long-term solutions in favor of short-term ones. This is the same guy, this guy, who him and Elizabeth Warren were complaining about corporate America, that they only have short-term vision with their stock price and not long-term vision. Yet these guys never, ever have to apologize. This guy is the biggest idiot in government. There is not a less qualified guy in government to lead than Pete Buttigieg. There's a reason he frustrates me and Tucker Carlson. You know why? Because I think something Tucker and I can't speak for him, but share in common is him having been in his space and me and mine. I've been surrounded my whole life by fake smart people like Pete Buttigieg. They throw their degrees at you. They throw their SAT focus group tested words at you and they never say a freaking thing. Iran is an enemy of the United States. Yes, we have to deal with them, but we have a solution, domestic oil. He wants to buy more from Iran and Russia. Proving again, the left doesn't have foreign enemies. They have domestic enemies. That was edited for time okay. only. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Good to know. Okay, next story. Uh, moving on. Daily Wire, if you want to read this by Joseph Curl, it's a good piece. There's a new COVID subvariant in the 50 states. May even be more contagious than Omicron. It's apparently called Omicron BA2. Before the media, the leftist media specifically takes this and starts going crazy, folks. This new subvariant is a subvariant of Omicron. There is no evidence it evades the antibodies if you've been infected with, been infected with Omicron, which unfortunately is large swaths of America. So just I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not going to beat this story up. I just want to get out ahead of it to tell everyone before you see the media propaganda, we're on an anti-propaganda pitch today. Everyone calm down before the next fear campaign starts. It is very contagious. It's also has not figured out a way to avoid Omicron antibodies. So time out. We need that Indian TV segment again to dial the temperature down. Okay, uh, moving on. Folks, rarely do you see a chart, a diagram, a pictogram, whatever, a bar graph that so explains the pernicious effect of government as you do this chart I'm going to put for you up in a minute from AEI. You know, the government is the biggest third-party payer in the world. What is a third-party payer? Without getting into an economics lesson, it's important you understand this. A third-party payer is you have a consumer, you, and you have a provider. Say you're, you're consuming, say, healthcare services, you need surgery. You're the consumer. The surgeon is the provider, correct? So you guys have to agree on a price. Now, the reason I use healthcare is because you probably don't know the price of a surgery. Why? Because there's a third party payer. It's not you. Certainly not the surgeon. He's not paying you for the privilege of cutting you open. The third party payer is the government. The government intervenes in about 40% of healthcare. It pays for about 40, 45% of healthcare in the United States. Therefore, when a third party, not the consumer, not the provider pays, what happens? The consumer of the product doesn't care about the price. Why? Because he's not paying. And the provider doesn't care about what he charges or so charge more. Why? Because they know you're not paying. So every time you see a third party payer, you see a third party payer effect, which is prices go up. up. Sorry, there are lefties listening. Who's the biggest third-party payer on planet Earth? U.S. government. And everywhere the U.S. government sticks its filthy tentacles, what happens? Everywhere it sticks its tentacles using tax dollars, prices go up. You will never see that more evident than in this chart of overall inflation and price changes from January 2000, January 2000 to December of 2020. This is just a 20, look at this. Uh, for those of you listening on audio, here are the things that have exploded in price. It's right there on the graph. You want to watch it rumble. Hospital services. Gee, weird, isn't it? Government pays for a lot of health care. Hospital services are exploding in cost. What's number two? 
Does the government pay a lot of college? Yes. Matter of fact, the government owns the student loan market right now. Look who's number two. College tuition and college textbooks. Holy crap. The verdict is in. That's really weird. Next, medical care services. Next, child care and nursery school. Big government footprint there. Oh, government gets involved in wages? Yeah, of course. Minimum wage list, average hourly wages. Oh, and what else does government pay for? Section 8 and other benefits. Housing. What else does government pay for? Food through SNAP. And well, look at that. Look, all of them. Everything the government touches, prices have gone crazy. Everything. Now look where prices have leveled off or even gone down. New cars. Government doesn't have a big footprint in building cars, does it? It might in the future. It's getting there. Household furnishings, not a big uh, government footprint there. Clothing, no, not so much. Cell phone services, eh. Computer software, toys, TVs. You see how the price has gone down when the government doesn't touch things and the price has gone up when the government does? Folks, you will never see a chart that more exemplifies the problem of big government than this right here. Print it, own it, love it, tattoo it on your skull. Well, don't tattoo it on your skull. People might look at you funny. But that doesn't mean stupid liberals who will never apologize ever for their dumb decisions. People like Pete Buttigieg and otherwise who say dumb things and then say the opposite thing elsewhere. They'll never apologize at all. They'll just barrel down ahead. Here's a, just a news article. New York state that is pushing for universal health care. Just a news story. So they want government run health care in New York. Now, what they're not telling people is the first year cost of the program would be, uh, Joe, just a small $157 billion, uh, which would mean a 133% tax increase. In other words, they say, Rand, which did this study, a state with some of the heaviest taxes in the country would be much more than doubling what it collects from individuals and businesses in one single stroke. Here's what I say. New York, go for it. I'm telling you third-party payers don't work. You want to take over the entire healthcare system in New York and become one of the biggest third-party payers in the country paying for healthcare? You do you, daddy-o. I don't live in New York anymore. And if people vote for this, then you go ahead and do it. And you watch what happens up in New York. You will see New York become a global laughing stock as the price of medicine goes through the roof and taxes go even thruer the roof. And then maybe the rest of the country will look and say, maybe even some insane liberals will go, ah, that sounds like a crazy idea. I doubt it. I doubt it. But you go ahead and try that. Let's see what happens as everybody evacuates your state. By the way, to my friends, get out of New York as soon as you can. Uh, we should probably get the questions key instead. I'll do this fact check, but uh, I've done it a thousand times. The gist of what I was going to get to is that Biden made a comment in the State of the Union that uh, the Trump tax cuts were only for the wealthy. It's nonsense. 82% of taxpayers got a significant tax cut. You can read the article in the newsletter today. It's, I don't want to waste a lot of time on it. It's just Biden's, more Biden's stupidity. Okay, questions for Dan. First, someone sent me this mug. If you're asking me why I have a mug that says no kowtow, I have no idea. Someone sent it to me. Hey, Dan, MKG124. You've mentioned Politico Playbook a few times in your podcast recently. What other left-leaning news sources, newsletters, and our podcasts would you suggest for a balanced political perspective? Um, just to be clear, I don't do it for balance I because the left is typically lying. Um, I do it to get ahead of what I believe their narrative is going to be. This is, I, I, and, I, and I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to be a wise guy. Um, but balance would suggest that it's even on both sides. It's not. The left lies all the time. Um, Playbook is a left-leaning source, but I do like to see what the narrative du jour is going to be. Um, I also use uh, sometimes Axios. I'll go to their, some of their different newsletters. I'll see what's going on there. And if you really want to see crazy, if you want to see total left-wing lunacy and be guaranteed you're getting smoked up, you could check out real crazy like Mother Jones and the Daily Beast where it's totally deranged left-wing lunacy. <laughs> That's if you, that I, I expose myself to sparingly. But you asked, so I'll tell you. Uh, hey, Dan, this is by Quirky Otter. Please explain how Putin is a fascist tyrant. Thanks. Sure. Uh, Putin poisons and imprisons his political enemies. I spent ab about six weeks of my life in Russia. I've heard some stories, even from FSB people, um, about how the Russian government operates 
Now, Putin was not in charge back then, but Putin has poisoned political enemies, has uh, spread radioactive waste around London by trying to kill people using radioactivity. Um, he has uh, basically leveled cities and killed innocent civilians. Um, his elections, uh, he, he, they wipe people off the ballot who are unapproved candidates. Uh, they have political prisons in Russia. Uh, what else do you need? That's the definition of fascist or tyrant. Again, I'll just say to you, you're entitled to your opinion. Obviously, this is a free speech show, and I appreciate opposing opinions. But the hard facts on the ground don't change. Russian civilians right now are not dying in Russia at the behest of the Ukrainian military bombing them. It's what there's one aggressor here, Putin. And citing to me how Ukraine is, they've got this and that, those problems. They've got a ton of problems, a ton. That's why I don't think it's our land war. And, I, and we have to do everything to avoid World War III. But Vladimir Putin is unquestionably the aggressor here. And he is a tyrant and a terrorist. Yeah, exactly. He wins elections by substantial margin. You don't find that weird that Alexei Navalny, his political opponent, is in prison right now? You don't find that a little weird? Okay, this is another one. Hey, Dan, Jay Shearer, too. What has Putin told the citizens of Russia to justify the unprovoked attack on Ukraine? Good question. Uh, friends of mine who spent some time studying Russian media, who are colleagues in the news business here, said that Putin's telling people at home that this is a, a, a denazification effort. Uh, what he's doing is he's trying to draw comparisons between the Russian fight against Hitler to make it seem like he's on the right moral arc of history and that Ukraine, he's trying to paint Ukraine uh, as a, 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 a subset of Russia where the citizenry there is eager to be liberated from the Ukrainian government. Again, that doesn't appear to be the case based on the fact that Ukrainians are now fighting the Russians. It just doesn't comport with reality. Putin's obviously lying, by the way, which is another common denominator for tyrants and fascists, propaganda and lies. This is Gakrenberg. Hey, Dan, how do you think the Ukrainian Secret Service is protecting Zelensky? Phenomenal question. I thought about this given my prior uh, line of work, obviously. Folks, Protecting the president of the United States against an assassination attempt or a small terrorist group, I mean like 30 people or less, is far different than trying to protect a president or a foreign leader against a potential thousand-man military unit hunting him down to take him out. How are they protecting him? Well, you can scrap the formalities. I mean, some of the things that you would do in the Secret Service, like wearing suits to work, carrying pistols, keeping the the the, uh, the rifles in the bags, like we, you know, because of the optics of it. Well, you don't want to look like bodyguards. You can probably throw that out the window. My guess is they're upping their tactical vests from like standard uh, bullet resistant armor to like full blown flak jackets. That's what I would do. Uh, the pistols, obviously, are just probably, uh, you know, at that point, are just secondary weapons. You're probably openly carrying uh, rifles. Um, the armored vehicles you're traveling around in, you know, again, it's not going to be an armored limousine at this point. It's probably going to be a Humvee type stuff. I'm asking you what, uh, what well, I'm telling you what I think they should do. And also the protection detail. It's a manpower thing. He's probably got military support. Let's give you a quick example. You know, when we were over in Indonesia with Obama. Uh, listen, there was a really serious terror threat from potentially very organized terror cells to hit Obama. We had Green Berets, QRFs everywhere, quick response forces ready to rock and roll. None of them were Secret Service. It, we had Secret Service, our standard detail, but those QRFs, those were all military people ready to rock and roll. So yeah, the protective footprint's going to be totally different. Good question. Hey, Dan, uh, Jake around <laughs> these names. Why are you spending so much time on Russia and Ukraine and not what's going on at home? Uh, folks, I just got through a set on inflation at home, the COVID vaccine, the left's war on free speech here. I don't know how to answer that other than um, do you listen to the show or you must because you submitted a question. I don't know if you're fast forwarding past that content. I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm not sure, but figured I'd answer it. It's just not true. So just listen to the show. All right. Next question. Hey, Dan, this is by. Geosia75. How are you diagnosed with cancer? Did it come in a checkup? Were you not feeling well? I think that sharing this aspect of your fight is important. No, I was feeling fine. I didn't feel bad at all. 
Um, I, I was doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu lessons in my garage. I have a, I used to do private lessons and Harlan and uh, one of my, uh, one of my jiu-jitsu coaches, I had a couple I worked with. Um, he had choked me out pretty good. He's a very talented guy. And, uh, my neck hurt a little bit the next day. So I thought to look and I saw a lump and then I thought, oh, that's unusual. And I figured it was just from getting choked out. Well, the next day I woke up and it was Monday morning or maybe two days. I'm not sure of the timeline. And I was shaving for Fox and friends like this. And I'm like, what the hell is that lump? It's been a couple of days since I got choked out. So long story short, I went to a doctor friend of mine. He felt it, the lump in the neck. And he's like, you better get an MRI stat. So I went to get an MRI and the radiation oncologist, Todd, was a nice enough guy. He showed up at the MRI because he was a cool guy, great guy. And after I get out of the MRI machine, I said, hey, it's a fatty tumor, right? That's, which is not cancerous. That's what I thought. And he looked at me. He said, eh, it ain't a fatty tumor. He said, I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you what it isn't. It ain't a fatty tumor. And uh, that's how it happened. Started that whole drama. But no, I was feeling fine. I didn't feel one thing. Uh, thanks for the question. Hey, Dan, DD4040. Last one. Okay, thanks. We've been fans of yours since you first began on Fox News. What prompted them to hire you as a contributor? And when was your first appearance? Thanks for all you do. You're the one voice we listen to in this world of insanity right now. Thank you. It's a sincere uh, honor for me. I, I mean that. Heartfelt. Heartfelt. Sidney Watson, right? Heartfelt. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, I, my first appearance on Fox was in 2011. It was in the summer of 2011 on the Neil Cavuto show. Uh, my second appearance on Fox was Fox and Friends, where Molly Lyme is the weekend host in the old studio. Molly Lyme and a couple others. And uh, I think Dave Briggs was there. I'm not really sure. And my third appearance was on Hannity. What prompted them to hire me as a contributor? Uh, I don't know. I can't get in their head, but I know that they have a measure of guests and how the ratings do with each guest. And I know you all were gracious enough to tune in whenever I was a guest. And they thought it'd be a good idea to hire me as a contributor than a host. So. They can measure every minute of what guests do on television. And, and you all, thankfully, thank you, tend to tune in when I'm on. So I really appreciate that. Which reminds me, I will be on tomorrow night, unfiltered, Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We will be live. I've got a loaded show for you. I'm also going to cover a segment I did on my radio show yesterday about the first time I saw a crime scene and a dead body. The shock it caused me. And I'm going to relate it to the shock we're seeing now. And uh, I think you're going to want to hear the segment. Don't miss it. Unfiltered tomorrow, uh, Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Don't miss it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.